All right, hey guys, we are back uh, for the RCR podcast, and uh, we are now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, you know, Shout Engine. Did I say iTunes? Yeah. Yeah, all right, so that's how excited I am. So we're on all these other different things. But, I uh, forgot my good-looking glasses. I'm still wearing my nice guy glasses. I need to get up from this chair and go put on my fashionable glasses. Mm. Tell them how to find us on uh, iTunes because we had a problem with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, to find us on iTunes, you have to type in regular car reviews and then the podcast will show up. The problem that we've been having is people search by RCR podcast. And I do title all of these as RCR podcast in the title and description thing, but uh, RCR podcast wouldn't really show up for some people. So you have to type in regular car reviews. And so just to be safe, do it, do that for every other place that we are. Um, we're not on Spotify yet, but I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, good times. It's, it'll be nice to sort of, uh, have the sort of instant feedback, I guess, of people who are able to, um, comment on the various outlets that we're on now. Um, in addition to YouTube, so that's always nice. But anyway, I'm Nick. I'm looking disheveled because I'm Brian. Like, every time I look at myself in this video feed... See, you actually had to put on your going-outside pants. Mm, yes. And I'm wearing dress pants, slippers, cheap socks, and these long sleeve 90s t-shirts that just make me look like I'm unemployed. Mm. Just, well, technically... Mm. You know, self-employed. No. Is my fly down? No. <laughs> Not with Maybe that if I pull my sleeves up, I'll look a little nicer. Yeah. So, uh, tomorrow is Thursday, but that's when you're listening to this. Because it yeah, yeah, goes yeah. up the day today, after. You're listening to this on Thursday, but today it's Wednesday for us. Yeah. So, tomorrow, or when you're listening to this, my bring-a-trailer auction for Wendy... My white 1988 Toyota MR2 AW11 Mark 1B goes live. Um, it's going to go up for seven days, and, and it's going to end the following Thursday. I'd like to live stream the 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 ending of it, like uh, the smoking tire did, yeah. because with bring a trailer auctions. Excuse me, there's stuff in my teeth. With bring a trailer auctions, there's. Stuff in my teeth. <laughs> With bring a trailer auctions, you can't snipe the auctions. So if it gets down to oh the last second and someone bids, oh you get another like five minutes or something. Yeah. It like keeps bumping it up. So someone has to really want it. So that was the. It's an amazing podcast that uh, the smoking tire did when Matt Farah sold his DeLorean because it kept going up. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's going up again. Are we going to make it to, I forget the number. It, it may have been 40 grand or maybe it was like 60 grand or something like that. Damn. Um, so, but my MR2 is going up no reserve. There's, so no matter what, in seven days, that thing is getting sold for a price. And my nose is running. What on earth can I wipe it on? Well, you have a whole bunch of... Yeah, I, had, I, I wrap them because they give this to you uh, at my local cafe. They give it to you piping hot so that this insulated cup really isn't enough to uh, shield your hand from the scalding hot nonsense of it all. You know, you would think that being a grown-ass man, I would be able to take on a little heat, but apparently not, so... Uh, mm. But the thing about it is that you can't really... Um, they told you, you they couldn't end it on a weekend. Right, because there's no one in the office. What's very nice about Bring a Trailer is you get a guy to help you with this. And they will they write the ad for you. You hmm. don't. You, you answer questions, you fill out a form. The form itself is like four pages online. Hmm. And they will construct a narrative from that. It's not, oh, not all that different. Sorry. <laughs> it's not all that different from the way, you know, we would do RCR or, or write any article. You're giving them notes and they write the sentences. So, um, so one of the things oh. I had to correct was uh, when they sent me a draft of the ad, they said, comes with uh, NK wheels. 
original OEM wheels not are, are not provided, and I'm like, but these are the original wheels <laughs> because those wheels came on that car. Yeah. Who knows what wheels were on it when it got off the boat? But before it left customs, it had those NKs on it. It showed up at the dealership with it on, and there's a line item for uh, um, for alloy wheels on the window sticker. So those are the wheels that are supposed to be on that VIN number. Oh. So, and yes, to everybody who said, did you find another center cap? Yes, I did. It's an NK center cap off an NK82 or 92. I forget which wheel it is, but they all match. Oh. So that's good. So you can stop sending me DMs on Twitter like, I found one on eBay. Thanks, I, I, I replaced it. Or I found one, and it just snapped right in there. So I'm going to be nervous on... Uh, I have a figure in my head that I would like to sell it for. Yeah. It is less than ten grand. If if that thing gets $10,000, I'll be flabbergasted. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe it... See, see that's the thing that'll, that, that'll make me freak out. If my MR2 is worth $10,000, it probably isn't, but does my name carry it? I don't know. It is one of the nicer uh, NAs. See, it's not supercharged. Mm -hmm. I think without resorting to Google, um, I think the record holder for an AW11 on Bring a Trailer is something like $15,000. That was a 89 supercharged red, all-original, 15,000 miles on it. Ooh. So, okay. That's that's a lot for an MR2. Um, will, could mine get to 10? I don't know. There have been other... Uh, what was the highest NA that was on there? Maybe the highest NA was something like... like 9, maybe? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um... The points against mine are, are the spider crack in the rear uh, tail light on the inside of the tail light lens, lens, the plastic cover. And, you know, it's a Pennsylvania car, so there is some rust. It's not a California car. Yeah. Even though it lived inside its whole life, we live in a moist climate. Yeah. Stuff's gonna rust. But it is very minimal, and I provided pictures. Uh, I took it to Moyers. Uh, they put it up on a lift. I got pictures all below the car and everything, so I'm upfront about every defect about it. Very nice. Um, but what people will be getting would be an MR2. You just turn the key and drive it. There is nothing to fix. I spent a year uh, fixing the niggles. I wonder if that's a racist term, niggles. Niggles? Yeah, because yeah, it's it's close to another word. Yeah, yeah, an unfortunate word. But, I mean, I, th- I don't think you're, you'll get any grief over it. But um, it's been a while since I heard that word. The little niggles about the car. I hear uh, people from the UK say that word. Mm. But they can say cunt all they want. Yeah. And we can't. And, yeah, there's a lot of things that we can't really get away uh, with that you can get away with in the UK. I mean, if you just watch their TV, there's far fewer, <laughs> you know, reg- now they have Ofcom, we have the FCC or whatever, but it's less, or it feels like less of a thing because they have designated watershed uh, mm-hmm. time periods where after 10 p.m., like, it's all fair game. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's, like, before 10 p.m. on NBC or after 10 p.m., like, you're not saying shit mm-hmm. <laughs> on NBC. Like, it's one of those things where, I don't know. American TV, like, we, we love clutching our pearls. Yeah. Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. The Remember when we were watching at Tom's house, we were watching that show about first dates? Yeah, uh, which is funny because the NBC did an American version of it, and it wasn't as good. But, uh, yeah, it was literally just... First Dates on uh, Channel 4. I think it was called First Dates. And it was incredibly awkward. And yeah, and they also had, you know, they had same-sex yeah. stuff. Would that Did that fly in the American version? Did they do that? Oh, they, yeah, they did it. Oh, but, they did I mean, it. it's one of the... I mean, I only saw, like, one episode of the American version mm-hmm. because I became somewhat addicted to the British version because, as with most British things, and you'll notice this in anybody who watches, like, a Gordon Ramsay show from the UK versus a Gordon Ramsay show here, it's less um, intrusive editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's... In the Kitchen Nightmares in the UK, uh, Gordon Ramsay really doesn't have to raise his voice at all. And there's none of that, you know, persistent music of 
Yeah. Uh, Sparks fly when Yeah. Front cell, back cell, front cell, back cell. <laughs> when we last left, the Michael Bay. Yeah. It, it, there's no creation of this artificial drama through music. You know? No. Um, it's just. Sometimes there isn't even really that much drama. It's more about just the interest of seeing whether or not this restaurant can get back on its feet or not. Yeah. And, you know, him trying the food and the odd times where he'll actually like it. Like at this, um, you know, Creole-type restaurant. It's just one of those things where it's more about... I don't know. It feels less contrived. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. But on the subject of the trailer... Bring a trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. The, so when are you going to end the auction? Because they, if you can't end it at the Christmas party. It's going to end, I believe, third, uh, the Thursday before the Christmas party. So the Christmas Thursday party, the 14th. Thursday the 14th of yeah. December. Yes. Um, and I'd like to have it out of my garage uh, before I leave for Florida the following week. Mm. Um, I'm ha- we're having Christmas in Florida. Because I think I talked about this before in a previous a little, podcast. A little bit. Uh, well, um, the one anchor point to all my family, extended family, returning to Pennsylvania was Grandma. And now Grandma is no longer Grandma. Mm. So she made it to 97. So hey. 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 Um, to Grandma. To Grandma, yeah. Um, and... So now most of the family's in Florida, because most of the family's old. So that's where you go in the in America when you're old. <laughs> you go to Florida or Phoenix, and uh, why Arizona? It's warm, but isn't it also kind of arid and? Yeah, it is brutally warm. That's yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's like yeah, we're retiring to Scottsdale, just yeah. uh, okay. Like if you have your warm winters. But if you're retiring with enough money, then you can have the nice apartment with the gigantic air conditioner. And uh, if you're elderly, you're living inside anyway. Yeah. So that works. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so we're all going to Jacksonville. Um, I'm turning it into a business trip, because why wouldn't you? I'm going to film some point of views while we're down there. Ah, very nice. Um... um some walking around, driving around, riffing a little bit. Um, I would like to hang out with Freddie Hernandez while he's down there, Chavarish, but he doesn't live in Jacksonville. He lives, I think, outside Orlando, which is a ways. Um, I'm not going to have a car, and we're only going to be down there for like four days. And, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas are going to be, and I think we leave like the the day after Boxing, we leave on Boxing, no, the day after Boxing Day. And, then we go home. So, uh, oh, I gotta, I didn't, I, oh, I didn't even, uh, book, book to park. Ugh. That, that deal that we always get at the Philly airport where we don't have to park at the Philly airport. Oh, we park at either the, um, the, 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 the one, one of the two, uh, or... uh, Hampton, um, uh, Hey, uh, Hilton, Hilton, Hilton brands that are down there, and it's cheaper to park there and get the shuttle in. The weird thing is, every time we fly back into Philly, we're there waiting around forever for that one shuttle bus, and it's like a mile from you know arrivals to that place, and I'm wondering, can you walk it? Is there a it, is there a trail that crosses 95? Is there a way to get... Huh. You get under 95 when you get off 95. Can you actually walk from that business park to the airport? Because you can see the airport from the business park. You can see the control tower. Are you going to be that guy walking along the side of the road? Is there some weird security thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not going to work for the New Zealand trip because we're going to be covered in bags and have uh, all extra luggage um i'm getting myself down to 
uh, three bags, two carry-ons, or I'm sorry, uh, two check bags, and then my laptop bag into which I will stuff that hiking jacket. Mm. And um, um, people can't see it, but out the, out the corner of the camera is my Pelican case that's now covered in lots and lots of DOT reflective tape. The same red and white tape that appears on uh, semi trucks as you're going out at night. That's really super reflective. So when that thing, that black case pops out, that one's mine. And I think I'm going to do the exact same thing to my uh, 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 checked, you know, the fake Samsonite I bought at uh, VF Outlet. Yeah. And uh, do you remember, like, I forget which trip it was. But you showed up with a bag full of stickers? Yeah, that was the uh, UK trip, because I'd gotten these stickers from my brother, who had gotten them from my mom, and so it's like these stickers that keep getting passed down, and uh, or passed around, and he gave it to me, because it's, you know, you're supposed to um, mark, make your luggage somehow recognizable as your luggage, mm-hmm. and I didn't have that for any of my, like, I didn't have anything on my luggage, I didn't have my name, I didn't have... The anything and now granted you know that was kind of stupid on my part but um i don't know i just took like a couple of like star wars stickers got a sticker from a friend's band mm-hmm. and uh slapped that on there a deadpool sticker mm-hmm. and you know gave you some of the stickers to slap on yours and that was you know helped immensely yeah. uh just in terms of cutting down on that uh carousel anxiety yeah uh, just like waiting where's my bag where's my bag Uh, all my things are in it yeah i'm gonna be stuck in the uk with one pair of underwear i have a plan Mm. in case that happens in new zealand or la yeah um and it is columbia's convertible pants (laughs) remember i i now have three pairs of those i ordered two more on on amazon i'm gonna have three pairs of pants for new zealand but the three pairs of pants turns into six pairs of pants Ooh. because they zip off in the shorts. <laughs> That's my game plan. Man. And because I'm going to cut down on the amount of cotton I'm wearing, uh, I should get more smart wool socks, but they're 20 bucks a pair. Damn. I know, right? Um, so maybe I'll have some Columbias in there that are like a polyester blend. But the idea that I can get out of a set of clothes... And get into the same set of clothes the next day if I have to, and cut down on the smell because wool products don't really, wool and synthetic doesn't hold smell like cotton does. Mm. So the trip to New Zealand, there will be no blue jeans. There will be no. Who can't he? I'm gonna need like one or two long sleeve shirts. They're saying the weather in New Zealand, even though it is summertime, there is gonna be wind. Mm. which I don't know exactly what that means. I'm sure um, Caswell Parker, Andrew Lamb, uh, um, Juliet and Bryce Johnson also are are just perfectly acclimated to like the mild summers in the same way that everybody I knew in Alaska, like the second it turned 50 degrees, everybody's out in t-shirt and shorts and sandals (laughs) and, Mm. Uh, I'm just rocking this type of outfit mm. because I dress the same way year round. It cuts down on having to put away stuff for the winter or for the summer. Oh, where's my winter clothes? Where's my mm. summer clothes? It's like, no, I wear these jeans and button up shirt and a hat. Same way all year round. It's the total uh, Nick Roman look. <laughs> you know, I have no button down shirts. I have like one nice white one. Mm. And. Uh, I need more because the convenience of the breast pocket or pockets is great in a car. When you sit down and you have to be with the pen and stuff like that, mm. that's really good. Yeah. Mm. So, I don't feel like talking about cars. We'll talk about it eventually. Yeah. UFC one, UFC two eighteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went and saw this uh, at a party. Um, it was a party that uh, the uh, MMA instructor at my gym, Dante, said, you want to go to uh, so-and-so uh, bought the fight tonight. Do you want to go see it? Yeah, I'll go see it. And we go to this guy's house, and I'm tiny compared to everybody else. And Dante's the second smallest man there. And it's people from the gym who I sort of know. Yeah. They're the big guys in the weight room. 
the um, the Marvel superheroes. Good joke, good joke. Like, like a human being can look like that. These are the cool guys, but they are the guys that are packing on the forty-five plates yeah. and doing stuff like you. You guys do you. I'll be over here with my, you know, my thirties. <laughs> you know, I'll be doing the little barbell things, or I'll scoot off to the to the to the cardio room. These are dudes with like these gigantic shoulder boulders and shaking my hand and looking into my eyes with no fear because men like these have never known fear. (laughs) This must be, this must be an inkling what it feels like, uh, to be a girl at a party, Mm. knowing that every single male in here can pick you up and have his way should he want. Yeah. And it's terrifying. Right. It's, wow, this man is enormous. He's sitting in the chair. His arms are spilling over the sides. When he goes up to get another beer, he's forever carrying two invisible watermelons. (laughs) And um, I'm wondering if his arms can actually fold sideways along his uh, uh, body if he's trying to fit through a a narrow gap in a crowd. Or does this man just go through it like a piece of earth-moving equipment, just... Like a He-Man action figure where you can move the arms, but you can't get them to their sides. (laughs) Just like, oh, it's too much muscle, too much man. And that was like this overriding feeling at this party. I had a great time at the party, loved the fight, and... But... There was this knowledge that if for whatever reason these guys, if the mood in the room turns... You can't follow it. Mm. Uh, if someone is upset about something and they ask you your opinion, take their side. Because the risk of not doing it could mean physical harm. Yeah. Wow. It's it's the... Oh, go ahead. No, that was it. No, no, no. It's just the idea of having to actually um, sort of talk your way out of certain situations. Yeah. Of, Talk and talking your way just sort of means like nodding and going along with it. Oh man, great stuff, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And you're just sort of nodding your head along with it because, you know, you don't know what's going to set somebody off right. or what innocuous thing is going to cause someone to go aggro. And right. so it's really, I can't imagine how nerve wracking it is, especially when you got like people who are the size of, you know, a small car just mm-hmm. walking around. These are the biggest guys at the gym at this party. And the ones always working out in the uh, the tank tops and the tank tops in stock form are not cut down enough, so they cut it down so it's just almost strings coming down <laughs> over the shoulders. Huge traps, lats, forearms, tiny legs. And <laughs> that's the one thing I noticed. Like I probably could outrun everybody in here. Um because they're all well above two hundred, I'm a hundred and seventy. And I have some wheels and I can kind of run, but it's weird that I'm thinking about that at a party. Any any other party, it's not even in 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 your mind. But this is a a very meaty elephant in the room, and like you said, I'd have to nice my way to freedom. Yeah, you well, you don't think about it in the time because other parties don't have hierarchies like that. No. Like there's no food chain <laughs> at other parties. I'm thinking like, well, you know, um, I could take that guy like in the hierarchy of that party more often than not you're not going to be the one who's the most vulnerable mm-hmm. you know which it's terrible to think in terms of vulnerability but right. you know even if it's a total sausage fest right which tons of testosterone in the room it's just you're not necessarily always thinking of oh i could take that guy if i had to but now when you're at the bottom of the food chain yeah. more or less you you're thinking of like means of egress of just to, uh, how can i get out of here how? and i and i did take the seat closest to the door mm-hmm. huh? yeah and don it was closest to the door and dante was right next to me and he was between me and uh and, and the walking human silos <laughs> were the other men at this MMA party. But speaking of uh, um, towers of power, Francis Nagano. How, how did they react in the room to that knockout, to that finish? 
Um, they liked it. Uh, um, some people were worried in the party that this was going to be a boring fight because they had that one... There was someone else on the card, I forget his name, um, who is a Olympic wrestler, and he's in the MMA, and he wins a lot. He wins by decision, but he wrestles. He constant wrestles. And Rogan was commentating, and there was this one point where everyone in the room laughed. Like, he was fighting, I forget what. It, w it was on the main card. Oh. And... Um, was it the undercard? Oh. It was like two fights before. And... All this one uh, fighter does, he'll throw some punches or stuff, but his entire game is a ground game, and it's very, very good, but it's not exciting to watch. Um, yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to pin this guy. I'm just going to wrap him up and tire him out on the ground and score points that way. It's sort of like the wrestling version of, uh, of uh, Money Mayweather, yeah. only... This one is beyond Mayweather because there was this one moment where you hear Rogan commenting, like after a bit of stand up, oh, they're back on the ground again. And Rogan says, and now we're back to this. <laughs> of just, there's kind of a, now we're a, doing this. an exasperation to it. And it's not even like a, a clinch in it. It's, it's the time of get your back, get on there. Cause you did wrestling. Yeah. It, it's, it's the, it's, it's a scrum. It's a knockdown drag out scrum. Yeah. Where it's it's there's not even a whole lot of movement going on. I mean, it's hard enough when it's just grapples. And there's a local MMA uh, show around here called Submission Arena that they do grapples only MMA. But it, when you think about how hard it is to just maintain uh, to, to sort of like muscle someone to the ground and into a position where you need to get them. With MMA, then you're out throwing in strikes, yeah. and the idea that like if for whatever reason they slip free mm -hmm. while you're trying to regain your balance, they, there could be like a spinning back fist or yeah. kind of an elbow here or there, or whatever. It's terrifying to think about, but and, and so in that sense, I kind of understand why someone would try to rack up points that way. But you could be undefeated as a pure grappler and still get cut because your fights are boring, you know? That's the thing. When this guy was when this guy was fighting um, and grappling on the ground, he was he had his opponent in a position where the opponent couldn't throw elbows, couldn't try to to, to do any sort of boxing on the ground. He had him pinned. Yeah. But you don't there is no pinning yeah. in MMA. He's not submitting him. He's not causing damage. But his opponent can't move. Yeah. So he wins. Eventually. He's like he's like running out the clock on the ground. Yeah. And the guy's trying to struggle and you know, there's some arm movements. But um it was one of those things because I never wrestled in high school. Um where the entire struggle on the ground is to get, I don't know, this arm three inches up. Mm. And that's all that's going on. Like, I need this arm, you're over here. Yeah. And there it goes for like two minutes on the ground. The, the battle for the one arm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I only wrestled in middle school. Yeah, if it oh. were in high school, that would be like a thousand times worse because the guys, uh, there were guys in there who were just hated Earth because they had to make weight. Uh, and it was just making weight was like hell, a, a special kind of hell, mm. um, which is not to say that you didn't have to like maintain a certain weight for mm -hmm. the other one. But it's still this very um, competitive field where, you know, I don't know. I thought our wrestling team was pretty good, but some other schools like really went at it, mm -hmm. you know, of just came in lean, cut, angry, mm. <laughs> which I mean, I'd be angry, too, if I could only eat, you know, I don't know, egg whites and trail mix. Hmm. But I don't know. It is what it is. But, hmm. Yeah. But that that uh, Naganu finish, that was kind of Rock'em Sock'em Robots of just, you know, the hammer fist coming up of this right. uppercut that just kind of, you know, almost looked like he was internally decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Right. Uh, I, I was saying off mic before how uh, uh, Nagano hit Overeem with a sides upper, like a side swinging uppercut, uppercut, not unlike the uppercuts thrown in the original Mortal Kombat, where 
Um, <laughs> the punch starts in Argentina and goes, <laughs> comes straight up to New York. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, like, when you watch it on TV, it, the uppercut could not be more telegraphed, and yet it, there it is. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, if this were VR and you could kind of put yourself into place, like, we can see it coming, but I can't imagine that uh, Overeem mm-hmm. did because it was just such a sudden yeah move you know it's a type of uppercut you just expect them to go flying over the side into a pit of spikes just <laughs> you know it's uh i don't know that's just so ugh. i was kind of like overim is uh overim nagano's so fast yeah he's big and heavy and fast yeah and y- y- you see him training and he's throwing these doubles on the pads like pop 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 how is his arm, how is the momentum of the arm stopping and then coming back and then going forward again? Like his no arms idea. are like my legs. It's ugh. It's like he trained under Pime A. It's just like, <laughs> cool. And, uh, you know, it's that that man is walking trouble. And he's he'll, yeah. he'll cause Stipe some trouble if he goes for the heavyweight that, title. He has to. He has to. He has to. Because that was a highlight reel knockout yeah. like right at the end of the year yeah. that we're coming to. And so it's kind of... Uh, and, and this hasn't really been a great year for UFC anyway. Like right. In terms of, you know, just overall excitement. So Stipe... Stipe's had that title for how long? It's been over a year. Okay. Um, it, it have they been. found him opponents? See, I don't follow it as well as I yeah, should. Well, yeah, neither do I, really. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I think... Because um, I think Stipe was a substitute for the guy who originally had the fight, and then he knocked out Verdun. I, I want to say okay. Verdun, and won the belt. And uh, it's it's he's kind of um, a guy who has really like risen to the occasion mm-hmm. of because some people you know they'll win a title and they're sort of resting on laurels and y- you know they the title doesn't make them any better okay. but but Stipe is one of those guys who get got better once mm-hmm. he had the title of which is not to say that he wasn't good before but just that he's somebody who really like rose to the occasion for it mm-hmm. speaking of rising to the occasion uh Eddie Alvarez. Did you see the meme pictures of him? I did not. He defended he defended uh, his title, but at a cost. He was fighting, oh gosh, this tall, lanky guy who just teed off on him. And uh, they said um, uh, after the McGregor fight, Alvarez was never the same. Yeah. Um, and... People just went nuts. They, they figured out his weakness was his legs. Just yeah. chop his legs out from under him. Keep keep the legs kicks up. And this is what his opponent did. Forgive me for not knowing the uh, the, the opponent for Eddie the Eddie Alvarez fight. And the other guy was working. Once he st- once the other guy started slowing uh, Alvarez down, he had time then to go to work on Alvarez's face. Yeah. And there's this one meme of Eddie Alvarez after he won. They, they, they put a, a, a pipe in his mouth and a sailor hat on his head, and then it was Popeye because the guy's face, his upper lip was all good. His face was all swollen. One eye was half shut, and he won with a knee to the head. He he yeah. got his opponent. Forgive me for not knowing his name. It was Justin uh, Justin Gaethje. That was who it was. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. It's you know grabs Gaethje by the head, pulls him down, knee to the face. Lights out. Damn. And then he wins. And then everybody at the party was saying, he could have done that round one. Why didn't he work the knee or anything like that? And uh, maybe he didn't uh, for strategy reasons, but I doubt that because yeah. he was just so worked over. By the end of that, I was like, oh, poor Eddie, you won. And you're he, Eddie's from Philly, so yeah. he's a Pennsylvania man. But wow, you won! I'm think I'm thinking you should go out on this man. You yeah. walked away from this fight, but there's no way you weren't dazed walking out of that octagon. Yeah, that's because uh, I, I saw the um, clips on Reddit where they post the finishes of most mm-hmm. of the fights, and uh, I mean Alvarez. That's one of those. It's kind of a war of attrition of whoever yeah. can last longer, you know. But 
and he won, but he kind of looked like a Street Fighter game over screen. And you know, he's that's a good line. He won, but he looked like a Street Fighter game over screen. He's a. And I think you're right about kind of the Connor loss sort of... And this is one of those things where... uh, And I know that, like, a lot of people don't really care for Connor's style, but there... Like, when you go back and look at the way he dismantles guys, Mm -hmm. like, there are so many people who think, like, when he knocked out Aldo that it was a lucky shot. It's like, no, he he read all of those movements, Mm -hmm. and even though he got clocked with a shot himself while Mm -hmm. Aldo was sort of, like, going down, Mm -hmm. uh, he saw, he kind of, like, baited him to get the opening, sort of testing, Mm -hmm. and, um, and he did the same thing with Alvarez, of kind of, you know, just sort of leg, like, checks, you know, and just sort of getting him to, he was controlling the movement. Mm -hmm. So, it really, uh, I think, you know, it shows that you can dismantle a person if you sort of um, figure out what their weaknesses, what their traps are. It's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. And so these are the ways that, yeah, I mean, Alvarez, he did win, so mm-hmm. that's good. But I wonder if he might take the wrong lesson from this. And Yeah, and stay in it. And stay, well, not only stay in it, but kind of... Um, you know, I would, I want the Connor again, blah, 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 no. which, you know, it's not going to be, uh, the, the, they're not getting the rematch because he has other, Connor has other guys on his plate a- after he gets past whatever penance he has to do for jumping into that cage and Bellator and like, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, and it's funny because Dana White says that they're operating under the assumption that Connor's done. And I'm like, if that's the case, why don't you just strip the belt from him and mm. get that division going again? Yeah. But, um, I mean, they wanted, I, if I remember correctly, like they wanted uh, Connor and Ferguson for the December 30th show. Mm. But n- now that's out the window. But there's other stuff, even if it wasn't going to be Ferguson, uh, you know, you could have done the Nate trilogy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because um, that'll do stupid money. That uh, would. You know, and that's the thing. Of, I, I wonder if Nate Diaz even cares. <laughs> like, I, yeah, because you know, yeah, it's a lot of money. But at the end of the day, Nate Diaz has a lot of money himself. Right. You know, both the Diaz brothers do. Yeah. You know, and Connor, he's that would be more of a. I don't know. It would do insane business. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, uh, well, we'll see after the new year. I guess. Yeah. yeah. How are we doing on time? I didn't set my clock for it. We've been going for 38 minutes. So, cool. 20 more minutes. So, oh, you have a watch on me. Oh. I, um... Yeah. I have, uh... I finally saw The Room. Okay. Which I've never actually seen before. The, the, I've only the, seen... the original. Not, yeah. yeah. Not, not the Disaster Artist. Uh, but I kind of saw it in preparation for the disaster artist and which I saw it as a, but I'll get around to it. Um, it's strange in that I was expecting it to be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not a good movie at all, but I think, uh, I've seen a lot of bad movies before, but there were sort of like those bad movies. The people aren't, fully recognizable as people and as human beings. So, We're talking like, when you're talking like a bad movie, you're talking like something like from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. This train wreck. How These people this? are hardly acting at all. Yeah. Or, or they're either hardly acting or very hard, <laughs> acting very so hard they could be mannequins or... Or, or stiff pieces of corn just waiting to be blown over. <laughs> they're like, okay, hit my mark. I stand here. I say this line. They're like, they're acting according to the rules of 1931. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be, it would almost be excusable if they were half assing it, but you get the impression that these are people giving their full ass. Oh. Like, of just, there's the, the guy who plays Denny, uh, the younger, kid who Johnny, uh, Tommy was so kind of mentors. Um, he's the only person in the movie that is kind of recognizable as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's giving his full ass. And so 
like my issue with I guess the is more the writing than anything else because nobody talks like this, you know. Okay. Um, like when he he has his how could you say something like that? Yeah. What I never hit you. You're lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you understand life? Mm-hmm. And you know, or or I'm so happy I have you as my best friend, and I love Lisa so much. <laughs> like I'm just you know, who talks like that? And it's one of those I, I don't know. It's just such a, an incredibly weird movie in that. Um, I think the bare bones of the story would actually make a good movie if it were placed, or if it were written more comp- competently and performed more competently. Uh, because the idea is that you have this woman who's kind of manipulative and, um, she has this love triangle going on, like she's sleeping with his best friend and he doesn't know about it, even though they're engaged to be married. But it's more about sort of, how she starts sort of arbitrarily making up, you know, lies about him, like saying, you know, he hit her. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, so like the bare bones of that, I feel like there's something there, but if you're talking in terms of, you know, an actual real screenplay, uh, I can't imagine what this thing actually looked like. Just, mm-hmm. you know, they always say that in uh, films, you know, people would ask, well, like, how how could you know, how could you not know that the movie was going to be bad? Like Suicide Squad, of how could they not know that was going to be a terrible movie? Um, and for the most part, the answer is that, well, the actors, they don't know what take the director's going to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're often filming things out of sequence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they don't know what the finished effects are going to look like. All they really have to go off of is like the screenplay in front of them. And sometimes, you know, things seem fine on the page and are just disasters when you put them up there. Mm-hmm. Or that they die in editing. Like you had yeah. a good movie that got chopped to bits. Um, which was not the case with any of the DC movies, but I digress. Uh, the uh, issue is uh, I don't know how even from reading the screenplay that they didn't know they were about to be in a really bad movie. Mm. And that's kind of what I find fascinating about it. It's almost like, um, you know, an extraterrestrial landed and they put a film camera in his hand yeah. and, and said, well, you know, he's been living here on earth for a couple of years, make a movie about what you think earthlings would <laughs> want to see. And it was just that type of, movie of people who are only barely recognizable as human beings. And also the thing that makes it bad in that it might not have been as bad. It still would have been bad, but maybe not as bad is the um, audio mixing in that there's a lot of ADR like the, 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 they go in like Dub, dubbing. Yeah. yeah. And so it creates this veneer of, of inauthenticity mm-hmm. and it's just so strange and people talking over each other a sort of, yeah. but it's dubbed talking over each other. And it's, it just sounds so weird. It, I, I can't get over how strange this is because, you know, how bad did the sound have to be that that's what you do? You know, were there no boom mic operators or anything? Right. It's just such a incredibly, it really is like an extraterrestrial's interpretation of what like an Earth movie would be like. Right, and if you're shooting on a soundstage, if you're doing all this green screen stuff, you're in a controlled environment, and you can use the audio. You can use their voices that they said that day, because you don't have to worry about environments. Although, interesting, when it comes to ADR, um, do you remember uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox? That, yeah. That, cl- that stop motion... Yeah. Was it stop motion, or was that... Uh, it was... Um... Yeah, I think it was sort of anyway. Um, the ADR of that was done outside. Hmm. So there was like this B roll of like George Clooney and the actors. They're all in the same. They're like under a tree. Like, well, we'll go to a place that's kind of similar to what we made in this little model, hmm. but we'll shoot it outside, and just we could have your mics right up here. We can get the audio just right, but you're you're gesturing like you're doing. You're interacting with someone right in front. And yeah, there, there'll be some background noise, and we'll just mix it into everything else. And oh, it works. Yeah, and that's um, yeah, and because they sound like they're outside because they're supposed to sound like they're mm-hmm. outside, and yet you know, 
in the room, they'll be on a rooftop, which just a terribly green screen background, but that's neither here nor there. But, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be on a rooftop and you get no indication really that they're actually outside mm-hmm. per se in that if you're listening to the mix, it's just sort of a strange, you know, in a way I'm almost kind of jealous of the, the, lack of background <laughs> noise of like a man shit i wish i could you know produce that in audacity and just yeah. kind of have podcast sounding smoother yeah on my end but uh i i think there's something to be said for sort of having a vision even if it didn't really work out mm-hmm. um well actually that's debatable whether it worked out because obviously like he's made his money back and then some off of yeah. this becoming this cult smash yeah and so you know i'm not really in a place to say anything about that but if you finish a movie that's amazing because mm-hmm. i had these projects in college that tried to go somewhere these these film things before i met you and man it's tough yeah. I, even if I had money to pay people, like, well, man, I work, I got to get off work, and where are we going to shoot, and I don't know this, and then it drags on, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. You know, occasionally we, we put off RCR shoots from time to time, but we have the routine down so well when there is no routine or when we have to do all day to just get like five minutes worth of stuff. Man, these projects drag on and on and on and on, and then eventually you just get tired and then they stop. Yeah, I remember the early days when there kind of wasn't a routine, and it was, all right, well, what shots do we need? Like, what are we, all right, how, what order are we doing this in? Yeah. We show up and we kind of take it on a case-by-case basis of, like, you know, do we want to get the slow rolling shots first? Do we want to, like, Mm -hmm. go on the road first? But now it's kind of show up. It's very clinical, you know. Uh, I still want to do other things yeah like I, I i'd love to introduce skits again even though we hardly ever did skits but to just do more cutaway things yeah um like the bit with the saws yeah why, why is it counting down <laughs> <laughs> like just people are, well you, you gotta know. know how many i have left yeah <laughs> and every now and people say when are you gonna do another one like the fiero again yeah. And then the question is, well, do you want to throw a video in the trash for the sake of art, for the sake of art? Yeah. And the answer is, I kind of do. Yeah. But I want to get paid. Yeah. So there's that. Hey, you actually have artist problems. I'd like to do something artistic, but I always also want to get paid. Creativity. We going so, to questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, Unless you have anything else to nah. say. Because, all right, I, I always forget to mention this, but... Uh, to submit a question for Ask RCR, you go to our subreddit, which is r slash regular car reviews, and there will be a dedicated thread there um, called Ask RCR, thread number three, ask all your questions here. And um, yeah, just post your questions there and hopefully we'll get around to them here. So yeah, um, this one uh, sort of tangentially tangentially and related is uh will harold slavinsky ever return no <laughs> that's harold slavinsky is never coming back mm. i drove uh he, he he came back once got knocked out cut your losses man yeah. i look at harold slavinsky as a, as a character that's very funny to me um because he's dr schwartz um, yeah but the context is lost in translation or, or lost in the video or, or lost. It worked once, but just like me trying to do Hunter S. Thompson again, yeah, I did him again, but the, it just, you can't make lightning strike twice as much as you try. Um, do you remember Good Morning Vietnam, where the one scene where the, um, the Robin Williams character... Uh, was taken off the air, and they replaced it with the only antagonist the movie had, the sort of tight-lipped other DJ, yeah. who just went in and, and did uh, uh, this very hacky, corny French guy routine. And uh, everybody hated him. Um, and sending sending him uh, legit mail, because this is, what, 1965 or something like this, uh, go suck, uh, go suck many dicks and stuff like that. I hate you. Um, and then they say, "Look, 
we just need the Robin Williams character back. And the antagonist character says, but in my heart, I know I'm funny. It's like, you're not. Like, in my heart, I know, like, I love the Harold Slavinsky character. But few people do. Maybe, like, five other people do. And, um, hey, what are you going to do? I mean, it's one of those things where he could, like, maybe not do a full review, but, like, if you're at a car show, like, do the, you know, business voice for just one car as Mm. part of the clip. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I could do that. But, um, uh, you know, it's... I like how he's so enthusiastic for the mundane. Mm. And there there are bits of him that aren't Dr. Schwartz. There's bits of him... Uh, taken from some of the general purpose males I see at my gym. Yeah. They love Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. They love Mission Barbecue. Ah. You go to their house and they're watching the news. Mm. (laughs) They love their, their, their Chevy Malibu. Oh, it's got a V6. Here, we finally got the cars. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the General Motors, like, um, there were, there was some, uh, maybe it was on, uh, Facebook or some social media, or maybe it was, I think you posted this question, like, what is the, what, uh, what, what popular car opinion, uh, oh, do, yeah. you, do you think is bullshit or something like that? And mine is that the Toyota 4A GE engine is powerful. It ain't. <laughs> it's not... It's, it wasn't revolutionary. There's nothing too special about it, apart that it was a early double cam engine with four valves with fuel injection that revved higher than your average engine. That's all it does. <laughs> it, it makes an okay sound. It doesn't have high horsepower potential. Yes, you can do things like put individual throttle bodies, and it revs very nice. I drove at my own car show a, a tuned uh, AE86 with individual throttle bodies that was just had no filters on them, just sucking straight air. It revved like crazy, and there was nothing there. It, it, it was wonderful, it was fun, but it wasn't fast. Oil oh, handling and everything. Look, I've driven I've driven a, a Lotus Elise that handles better than an A86, goes faster, and it has a, Toyo, a better Toyota engine. What am, I, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, General Motors 60-degree, the 60-degree V6 that's lasted forever. I think from the 80s, and they stopped making it uh, when I guess the Ecotex came out in the, like 2010 or something like that. And all the malaise cars that all these non-men drive, uh, right through the N bodies of General Motors, I think it was the N bodies, and I think including maybe the, some, some of the J bodies as well, just had the 60-degree V6. The people like to advertise that it made a lot of power. All it really did is, and this is a top gear line, is exist in great numbers. Mm. It was okay to work on, I guess. There were lots of parts. It was just there. It, it was a series of all of V6s that either went from like 2.1 to, I think, 3.4. I think when people say the GM 3.8 V6, they're really referring to the Buick V6, which is a different block. And is also famous for being in the Grand National. Uh, anyway. Were they overhead cam or not? I think they were. Yeah, I think they were. Okay. Would Whatever. To, yeah, it kind of have. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Is what it is. Yeah. Uh, you ha- Oh, this one is, for me, and it's just really quick, is asking about my um, family in Puerto Rico, how they're doing. Mm. And... Uh, my great aunt was sort of affected by the hurricane, like my immediate family down there. Well, her immediate family, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're all related, whatever. Uh, apparently, she's like she's fine. Like she, uh, I, I, is your grandmother's sister your great aunt? I, I'm not sure, but do I have great aunts? I don't know, but um, uh, she. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be, yeah. Yeah, she was a sister, great aunt. You're right. Yeah, she moved in with her granddaughter, um, who is a bit more like better set up for uh, post hurricane living, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of all we know. But 
I don't know. Uh, from what we last heard, like they're mostly fine, like as fine as you can be in a sort of commonwealth with no real power or mm-hmm. means of communication. Like there was, there were sat phones that were being passed around um, so that people could contact family on the mainland. But uh, I donated some money to the cause, mm-hmm. just you know, matter of principle. Uh, just because that's really a tough thing happening down there. But this one, to bring up the mood a bit, is talking about how, because you've talked about um, the game before, but how Gran Turismo 1 uh, sort of shaped you as a car person. Yeah, because I had it before I had my license. Yeah. And I was itching to drive. I had that, uh, Grand Theft Auto 1, Road Rash. Oh, Road Rash. The motorcycle game. Yeah. That was great. What else? The second level of Parappa the Rapper. (laughs) I was playing that game the year I got my license, and in the second level of Parappa the Rapper, you wrap your way to your driver's license. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if only it's this easy. And it wasn't an easy level. So I'm getting anxious as I fail this, as I get all upset about my driver's test. Here it comes. Here you go. Uh, check and turn and signal to the left. Check and turn and signal to uh, left. (laughs) (laughs) And what's funny is that my kind of personal nightmare is that toilet level. Of the <laughs> yeah. idea of like you've really got the runs and now you got to wrap your, your way, way into <laughs> gastrointestinal relief. <laughs> it's just like ribbit, ribbit, me can't hold it. Last <laughs> time I already sold it. Did you see? <laughs> see, see, every single song is catchy yeah. in that game. And and uh, this is a Dennis Miller line, but it's you don't want to admit it's catchy like ABBA. Like like digging the hooks in ABBA songs. Yeah, it's man, you you made a, a freaking game filled with lovable ditties. I'm embarrassed to say how much I like it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, I've learned everything I know about self defense from a talking onion. <laughs> <laughs> like I would just love to know the thought process that goes into it of just, all right, we're going to have the karate master be an onion because you chop onions and he can chop as well. Yeah, but he wouldn't chop himself. Uh, don't yeah, worry about it. Very weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, it says, um, I guess, how did Gran Turismo 1 shape you as a car person, and how did it shape you as a person in general? Or- it made me lust after the, is it the fourth gen prelude? Which we still haven't done. Um, the second to last generation of the prelude. That is a car, that was my first imaginary car it's the first car i bought in gran turismo an si the vtech and uh i in fact was looking at them on craigslist last night wondering what's going to replace the uh mr2 and the answer probably is a second motorcycle but i i the idea of having three cars all i'm doing is get changing the oil getting them inspected getting tires paying the insurance versus a motorcycle the yearly insurance is $75. To insure the entire bike for a year is $75. Huh. They figure you're not going to cause a lot of damage in that thing. The drivers, yeah. you're only a risk to yourself, and you don't have to insure yourself. Yeah. So that's how much a motorcycle costs to insure. So it's probably going to be, I'm probably going to keep the, the DR650 as my daily bike because um, I like trail riding and everything. And even though we're moving in the winter, I rode it once like a week and a half ago. It's great. Uh, it's a dirt bike, and of course we'll review it for the show. It's a dirt bike that can travel on the highway safely because of its large displacement, which makes it a pig in the dirt and not a not a not a single track you know trails bike at all. Although it can go off road, and I'd like to say that a um, any motorcycle is an off road bike if you don't care about it. Yeah. In, the, in the same way that, hey, as the smoking tire proved, with all cars go to heaven, hey, any car is an, an off-road car. Yeah. You just have to not care about it. Hmm. Um, but the DR650, what is it? It has almost a foot of suspension travel or something like that. Yeah. So I can drive ride that thing at 30 miles an hour over bumpy ground, and it's just boop ba doop ba doo And you don't you know, pop the front wheel off the ground and come back down again. It's all real smooth. 
<laughs> so it'll probably be a revolving door of second motorcycles, dumb ones, because at one point, even in college, I had two motorcycles uh, in my glassed-in porch at 149 Main Street, Kutztown. And uh, I had my nice bike, which was the Suzuki GS500 that we reviewed. That's the very first Nauta car. And then I had this revolving door of other motorcycles, project bikes. They're the crazy ones. Yeah. Whereas the GS500 was the nice one. Um, so that's probably what's going to happen. So back to Gran Turismo. Um, it taught me that driving fast doesn't look fast. Mm. And it was the first game that said, oh, a very important part of racing is braking, is <laughs> slowing down. Because before Gran Turismo, for me, all the other racing games are pedal to the floor, there it stays. Yeah. And the better car, as you get better cars, they turn better. And like, mm, just because a car is more expensive doesn't mean it turns better. Yeah. Oh, you have to manage speed. Oh, you have to set things up. Um, uh, Gran Turismo... Um, made me understand saving money because mm. you had to in that game. It was it was also a game you had to grind a lot in order to you know advance to a different class. You had to get a special. You had to get a different car, and if you didn't have the credits in the game, they didn't have money in the game. You just call it credits. Um, you'd have to race like the same dumb race and get first place every <laughs> single time. And, uh, uh, then, uh, then, uh, you, w you win like the same, uh, level one championship over and over and they keep giving you this Mazda Demio as like your, your prize. And then you immediately sell that to get extra money. And then finally you buy the Viper <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you possess, and then you progress into, uh, the, uh, the rear wheel drive class. Yeah. It's, it helps uh, foster a sort of appreciation for what cars are actually capable of doing mm -hmm. because they act did like real cars. They, as, as you know, For the early 90s, they did. Well, actually, yeah, it, it was, with the exception of damage and crashing, they acted realistically. Yeah. And also, um, there wasn't, it, it wasn't a game that just had drift racing in it. It, it mm. wasn't that. I hate that in arcades. Uh, I mean... The Vagabond Falcon was in that. Well, that's a casual game. Thumb drift. Yeah. Thumb drift. It was in that. But in Gran Turismo, you had to drive correctly. And correct fast driving doesn't look exciting. In the same way that we were talking about in the beginning, good wrestling isn't exciting to watch. Yeah, no. It's like you can appreciate it from a purist level, but that doesn't mean that it's riveting. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a sort of just sort of bare bones appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. but yeah. And then uh, last question is, do you have any opinions or predictions on Hyundai's Hyundai, uh, uh, Genesis marquee? Will it be the next Lexus or will it end like Tiburon? Mm. This is going to sound ignorant, but it worked for Lexus. Get your brand and rap videos. I'm serious. Expand your brand. My it's, brand. Oh no, my brand. That's got to be a t-shirt. <laughs> oh no, my brand. <laughs> Dude, I'll wear the shit out of those. Just take the RCR logo and replace like regular car views with oh no, no my, my brand. brand. <laughs> I'll get that on, get on that on Red Bull, Red Bubble maybe. Yeah. Um hmm. Uh Buy some more RCR hats. They have plenty of them over there at uh, Moto Loot. Mm. Um, Genesis, I'd like to drive one. Um, it was it, They did a big reveal at the New York Auto Show when we were there. They had their own stage. Um, I couldn't get close to it. It's a big car. Um, they did well with the Genesis Coupe. The kids like it. It is a rear. Hey, it's a rear-wheel drive car with a manual transmission. You're already there. Yeah. Um, keep it reliable. It'll be good. Look what happened to the FRS. Um, people like them. Um, I think they have a better chance than the Tiburon did 
I hate it when we start talking about brands, but it does have a different badge on it. Mm. And it even works going up. There's nothing wrong with going up market as much as I hate it when Honda does it. It worked for Chrysler when they made the 300. That's kind of a so-so car, but it went up market and did well, and people still like them. Yeah. So they got a chance. They have a real chance. Huh? Well, yeah, that's pretty much it for us. Um, I got a pee. Yeah, who among us doesn't? So it's uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, I I'm Nick. poop, and then I poop, and then I poop, and then I pee. <laughs> people wonder if i sing songs while i poop i do Hmm. that's the perk of living alone yeah no that's good (laughs) i made some songs it's disgusting but i do but my oh but the uh but the keyboard isn't in the bathroom anymore i gotta put that back in there (laughs) taking hot dump so that was nick uh i'm brian I'm sorry I'm closing this out. Oh, God, no. And thank you for listening to the Regular Car Reviews podcast. Look us up everywhere. Take care. Take care.